What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic day. I know I am. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm great, man. It's good to be back here with you. Yeah, love, love having everyone here listening in and doing this with you, Brandon. So today is a really exciting day. We don't just have a superstar, at least I consider a superstar guest coming up in the second half of today. But, you know, I feel like many, if you've been listening already, or maybe if this is your first time, now we're really going to start getting into some great topics. Not that we weren't getting into some great ones before, but you guys out there, I know this looking for things that are actionable, easy to understand, and you can implement. This is going to be a great one for you to listen all the way through. I'd like to first start off by saying, though, I think many, when it comes to food and dieting, may have, or hopefully can have a little paradigm shift from what I'm about to say. And that's because dieting can actually be your friend. And now that may sound counterintuitive in a lot of ways, and that may sound a little bit against the grain because many perceive dieting as you know, a hassle in many ways. Yeah. Many perceive dieting as a chore, something that they have to commit so much time to. It's, such, it, it's so exhausting. It's so time-consuming. And it doesn't have to be like that. At least I believe that. I know I was talking with Brandon a little bit earlier about you know, some of the best ways that you can really commit to sticking with something. And sometimes the best way you can do it is just doing it with somebody else. When it comes to health and fitness, I love, love using a relationship analogy. But in this case, it applies so deeply. And that's because we have relationships with every single thing that's in our lives. It doesn't matter what it is. We have some kind of attachment to it, uh, at least on, on some level, right? Whether you want to admit that you're emotionally attached uh, and you're, or you're romantic about something that you have uh, or not, I'd be willing to bet that you are about many things, especially when it comes to food. We love, we may have certain places we love and enjoy going to eat. We have plenty of places or plenty of snacks that we enjoy. At least myself, I have this affinity with Chipotle. Saw that post last, uh, yeah, last, last night. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not that it's not that I have an obsession. It's just the only thing open where I am until ten o'clock, and so I go there and I just I, I love it because of that. that makes me enjoy it even more. Not gonna lie, it made me want some. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but we all have relationships with with food, and or, I'm sorry, with relationships with everything. But food is one of those things that we can abuse sometimes, and it's sad to see. I talked a little bit about it in the last podcast in terms uh, of cubicle a few months ago about food guilt. But food is something not only you should enjoy, but it shouldn't be a hassle to eat. Dieting should not be a chore. It should just be something that you do. Food is something that we eat all the time, every single day. It's not bad, but why do we perceive dieting as a chore? Partly do because to maybe advertisers, magazines, uh, you know, people, the way people talk about it, there's, there's such a stigma against dieting and just saying the word can sometimes fester some, some emotions within people, right? Where it's like, oh, like, oh, they, got, they think of broccoli, <laughs> they think of kale, cauliflower, things that if you eat them on their own, probably not the best. It's not like anyone's like, oh yeah, so I was watching Netflix last night, you know, just chowed out a bowl of fucking cauliflower. Nobody ever, actually, if somebody said that, 
I would partly be concerned. <laughs> Why are you speaking of that? Um, but right, no one says these things about that. But those don't just those don't make up the food spectrum in totality. Those are just uh, those are just individual and isolated foods that when we hear the word diet, when we hear dieting, when we think of weight loss, when we think of fat loss, that may come to mind. But there's so much food out there that we can enjoy. Brandon, I would love for you to talk a little bit about you know, the, the tribe mentality that can help so much because one of the biggest things that I really believe can help many out there sticking to a diet, because remember, in terms of the relationship context, it's a two-way street. It is a two-way street. And so you need someone, you need someone out there reciprocating uh, the same feeling sometimes and how you feel about that. And I really believe that, you know, there's two different types of people out there. You can either be a self-starter, right, super self-disciplined, you have your own motor, you know, you don't really need someone out there to kind of hold your hand. But then there's a segment of people out there that need the accountability. And they know they need the accountability. Maybe you can give some insight into others, but at least from like the teams you played with, like what having that accountability and you know that that buddy, that accountability buddy, we'll, we'll call it, right. uh, can really do for someone in helping them achieve yeah. whatever goal, whatever that they're trying to set out to do. Yeah, well, it's definitely easier to stay focused uh, and and when when you're feeling accountable to somebody else uh, and and also yourself, uh, you know, in my experience, uh, you would see guys on teams kind of break off into uh, subgroups, whether it was, you know, the drinkers, the smokers, the guys that like to work out, uh, the guys that that party, uh, the guys that, uh, you know, are, are maybe there's just the religious guy, you know, and you start to see these subgroups start to break yeah. up. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, you start, you start to like kind of work yourself into a group. And then you start to figure out really fast. All right, this is a guy that likes to work out. Okay, well, let me see if I could get uh, get him going tomorrow. And then you meet up. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's, it's like, uh, back to your relationship analogy. It's love at first sight, you know, <laughs> or workout, love at first workout. Uh, you get in the gym with somebody and it's Romance like, yeah, oh gosh. Way. Yeah. As soon as you start doing those abs, it's like, oh my gosh, I could do abs with this guy forever. Uh, but it, it never stops. And it's the same thing as we get older, as we transition from sports to, uh, office to, to sitting in an office or, uh, well, you know, whatever the case is, wherever you may work. Uh, but you start to those subgroups will start to to create themselves again. And uh, whether it's with somebody you work with or a friend that you grew up with, um, you start to see their their interest uh, peak, whether it's on social media or they start talking about it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, a lot of a lot of people just gain momentum from the added pressure from social media, from sure. social, sure. yeah, social settings. Uh, when someone starts talking about their workout or their diet, then it's like, oh, yeah, it, you know, and it could work the opposite way. People can run away from it or people can run to it. And, uh, you know, the people who run to it end up uh, having somebody there with them, alongside them, going through those same issues. Uh, you know, complaining about uh, food guilt, <laughs> you know, after after a weekend away at a wedding, to use your example. Uh, but absolutely, it, 
a partner, whether it's working out, dieting, um, it, it, they're always going to add a, an element or a perspective that you never saw. And, and hopefully that's what you're looking for, because that's what really uh, puts you out of your comfort zone and gets you to make those next steps or those key steps to, to reach your goals. Uh, and, I, and also to elaborate on what you're talking about, about dieting, when people, when you do bring it up, people, you know, they get the, the hives start creeping up, they're itching, they start itching on their necks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only reason is because people work in, in such extremes. When you say the word dieting, people, the first thing that comes to their mind is the absolute extreme, like you said, oh, sitting on so the couch, cute. eating fucking cabbage uh, <laughs> or eating cauliflower. And they're just, you know, yeah, yeah. a little a little salt and pepper on there and they're eating a plain or it's the complete opposite where you have the bodybuilder and he's walking around with his two gallons of whatever the hell is in his jug. <laughs> yeah. And uh and he's he's shoving down, talking about his three thousand calories a day. Yeah, yeah. It's like eating on the toilet. It's like, come on, bro. Like, take a break, man. Uh, you know, give your pancreas a rest for for twenty minutes. Uh, so I I really feel like people's emotions uh border on those extremes instead of thinking like a diet. And, and maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit. A diet can be one change. Sure. It can be two changes. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an overhaul. Definitely. And typically when you make those little changes is where uh, you start to see progress because your whole life doesn't get thrown off. Your, your routine doesn't get thrown off. Um, and that's uh, a huge part for athletes. Uh, when you do add a little bit into there, uh, really what you're looking for is not to F everything up, not to F up your routine, not to F up, you know, your comfort. Um, but Absolutely, man. Uh, getting somebody to get on the same page as you can can take you a long way. For sure. Oh my God, thank you for thank you for sharing that. That was great. And you know, for many out there, it's if you have let's say a difficult time starting, let's say starting a, a new fit lifestyle or restarting, you know, goals that you fitness goals that you had, find someone to join you. I have I I made a post on my Instagram story the other night. Yeah, you know, I was just saying like, winners win doesn't matter what it is. And in this context, when it comes to getting fit, getting healthy, having the best body that you want to have, go get yourself around people that have that or that have a better body that you aspire to have or that have disciplines and habits that you aspire to have or go join a new like club or go join a new gym or go try something else out and maybe make some new friends in the space that you know you need that's going to help give you the accountability. Mm -hmm. You gotta change your environment because if you're always around people that maybe you know look at dieting and look at food as a hassle to try and eat, guess what? You're eventually going to think like that. It, it, it yeah. birds of a feather flock together. Doesn't matter what the environment is. That's just the truth. And if you're having a difficult time recommitting to eating healthy, start talking with more people that don't. And no one's saying you have to be like us. Number one, right. no one's saying you have to be like. Like a bunch of celebrities, no one's saying you have to be like the couple girl on Cosmopolitan or, or us, whatever you know magazine is out there. No one's saying you have to look like that. All we're saying is just change one thing. That's it. One little improvement. Yep. That's all you have to do. When it comes to friendships, right back to the relationship analogy, you go through bullshit with your friends all the time. Just, I mean, friend, you probably like fought with friends before. Oh, teammates, friends, yeah, oh yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. I mean, a lot of us have. That doesn't make you not friends. Right. It's not like you are you're eating and then all of a sudden 
right? You feel like you've been eating clean, or eating, <laughs> eating clean from Poshmark down to second half a lot. It's not like you're, you feel like you've been eating healthy like all these days in a row, and then all of a sudden you get into a fight, you have some pizza, and you have some beer, and then it's like, oh, you know what, fuck it, like, I'm just going to stop. Like, no, we don't do that. Like, you, when you have a book, you get right back on it. Now, sometimes the duration of time that goes by where maybe you're not talking to your friend or maybe you're off your healthy habits, that could extend. But just like the best relationships and friendships, you'll come back together. Or you'll, you'll at least be civil. <laughs> you know, you'll at least respect yeah. one another. Find some common ground. Exactly. Yeah. There's always ways that you can find common ground with yourself. And there's always ways that you can find common ground with the food that you're eating and with the lifestyle choices that you're making. Now, are you a self-starter or are you someone that finds uh, motivation in, in you know, multiple platforms? So, so here's the funny thing about that. I used to be that, that second person. Um, but I've since become a self-starter because the funny thing about that is habits compound over years. I have been drilling at my habits yeah. for a good almost 10 years now, since I was 19 years old and competed heavily in Taekwondo. I have really been trying to foster my habits. That's a long-ass time. It's a huge but discipline, that's too. A, that's a lot of time commitment. I know a lot of people don't have anywhere the, the time like like that to, 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 to comprehend, right, spending. Yeah. You don't have to, right? I don't want people... To, to look at me and be like, oh, well, I can't do that. No, no, no. You just need to do what you can do that's applicable and practical for whatever lifestyle that you want to live, or that you're currently living and want to live. Because I live a certain way, and it's a means to an end. But for many, again, many of you out there, if you need that accountability, buddy, and you feel like you're, um, you're not a self-starter like that, go find them. But if you are, right, for anyone listening, if you are that self-starter, I'd be willing to bet that there are friends out there, people in your network, that would love to hang out with you. Probably need you. And exactly, they probably need you. Yep. And so, I'd reach out, comment on some of your Instagram, like posts, let you know, like, hey, like, want to work out sometime? Yep. Or let's grab lunch, just something. You know, just build connections. Something I could probably do too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. Um, awesome. So, guys, again, if you're already, if you've been listening so far, stay tuned for the next part because we have a phenomenal guest that's going to be dropping a lot of knowledge from her experience within the industry uh, after seeing over thousands and thousands of people you won't want to miss the next part so we'll see you soon so for this part i'm actually super excited for the first guest that we're going to have on the fat fit freedom podcast and it's none other than someone that I highly, highly respect. You don't, you guys don't understand. People look to me for nutrition information. This woman that we have on today, like I bow down to the altar of whatever she says and she knows. If she tells me to eat a half an almond, like I wouldn't eat a half an almond. If she tells me like I should eat banana peels for a week, I'm going to eat banana peels for a week. This woman, she knows so much. I'm going to let her speak a little about herself. Her name is... Marissa, but actually, no, 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 I was going to mess up your last name. She's now married now. I'm so sorry. So maybe you can tell the people actually your full name. What is your name, Marissa? My name is Marissa Summers. Marissa now. Summers. Used to be go. Marissa Barstow. Sorry about now that. it's Summers. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, recently married last September. Congratulations. But thank you. I am a registered dietitian and I also run the nutrition uh, program at Lifetime Athletic Metro West. Awesome, which is a multi, multi million dollar program might i say and so she's a huge catalyst for that also if you guys didn't know uh, marissa maybe you can explain to everyone a little bit more of 
uh, kind of an insight on, besides being a dietitian, um, a little bit more of your background. Like what kind of things did you have to do to become that? Because I think most, when they hear dietitian, they may just think like, oh, they just tell people like what they should eat, but they don't understand maybe the work that goes in, in terms of hands-on work, in terms of learning to be able to get to that point so far. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. I have a, um, a bachelor's in nutritional science from the University of Connecticut. And then after you get your bachelor's, you have to move on to an internship or um, think of it as like a residency for a doctor. Um, so I have 1,200 hours of clinical experience. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, I completed that all in six months. Um, and so it was kind of nose to the grindstone for, for six months, got in my 1,200 hours of, of practice. I worked a lot with diabetics and then um, nutrition in the community. So I do have, I have mostly clinical experience and then some outside as well. Um, and then right after that, I moved into nutrition coaching at Lifetime because I really wanted to work with people proactively on the proactive side of medicine, right? People who were dedicated to their goals and really looking to make lifestyle changes um, because I spent so much time at the hospital working with people who, um, who were not ready for change. They were really, really sick yeah. and it was really hard to, to motivate them. Um, so life, I found lifetime and lifetime kind of found me and, um, and I've been with them ever since. So it's, it's been really, really great. I have a, my hands in a lot of different things. Um, but dietetics and nutrition is definitely my, my top thing. Nice. 1200 hours at, uh, yeah. six months. I mean, is, is that even, can you fit 1200 hours? Yeah. I'm not one of those Asians good at math. Like, <laughs> I just think that that seems like so long. Yeah. 50, 60 <laughs> hours a week. Um, and it was an unpaid internship. So you just. You literally just get it done and you learn as much as possible and wow. you have a ton of experiences by the end of it and you figure out what you like and what you don't like about nutrition it was it was really really helpful that wow that ladies and gentlemen is dedication right there. <laughs> uh, and i'm really excited for her to be on because i mean not just within those clinical trials i mean how many countless hours now have you spent working with all different types of clients yeah it has to be i mean i can't even quantify really uh Tons of people, hundreds, if not like thousands of people now at this point, um, just helping them change their lifestyle and learn a little bit more about nutrition and get to their goals a little bit faster. Yeah. yeah. So if there's anyone that would be qualified to speak on the topics we're about to speak on, it would be this woman, uh, at least within my network, um, which at least I feel like that means something. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the biggest things that I've been excited for Marissa to come on and talk about and I caught up with her a little bit on this before, is I really wanted her to come on and speak to everyone about, uh, first, some common misconceptions that there are about dieting and about food in general. Uh, because, you know, people may hear, like, moderation is key or it's important to make uh, food, healthy food, like part of your lifestyle. But I have a strong feeling that many still don't understand exactly what that means. Uh, and, you know, I'm hoping maybe you can give a little insight to that for yeah, absolutely. Um, you hear a lot of stuff in, in nutrition nowadays, right? Like a, a lot of people are really protein crazy or they're dedicating themselves to the whole 30 or they're going to go paleo or ketogenic yeah. and that like is going to completely fix their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I think this is the magic. This is the magic pill. Like we're all kind of looking for that. And I think, but still at the root of it all, the, the most common misconception about dieting is that many people still believe that the solution to it is to eat less and to exercise more, right? And so they're really, really looking to undercut their calories and, and go in and really starve themselves and really decrease their portions or miss meals or snacks. And they're looking to go balls to the wall in the gym, right? They need to go 
four or five, six days a week. They're doing tons of cardio and, and taking these high intensity classes all while trying to eat less. Um, and for, for me, I mean, I've been doing this for quite a while. I know that that's not a long-term solution. Sure. And so it might get them some fast results, but it's not going to get them some sustainable results. So the, um, the, the direction that I take with lots of my clients is um, a different philosophy, a different way to look at it. It's when you exercise more, you eat a little bit more. Yeah. to fuel the machine, right? Exercise more, eat a little bit more. You're not going to eat all of your exercise, right? You're not eating all of your caloric deficit, but you're feeding the beast, so to speak. Sure. And then on the days when you don't exercise as much, you're going to eat a little bit less, right? Yeah. Which should be easier to do because you're not revving up your appetite. You're not ravenous on those days. So it's an eat more, exercise more. It's an eat less, exercise less yeah. type approach, which is a lot more sustainable for people. Um, because it ebbs and flows. It's not this constant, you know, starvation and then exercise as much as possible type mindset. So love it. That, and for many out there, that may not make a lot of sense. It may sound counterintuitive, but calories in, calories out. I mean, of course, many understand like it's important to under to be aware of that. But what many don't realize is if you decrease what you're eating, you're also decreasing your energy expenditure that you have to use for when you're active like that. And so exactly what she's saying, eating a little bit more oftentimes can really help uh, increase really just how you're feeling day to day. Um, and now, what would you say for, you know, someone out there thinking like, okay, that makes sense, but maybe they've tried some things and it just hasn't worked out. What could someone do from where they are right now to restart? Like what's a couple basic things that you would um, I, I think that's a great question because a lot of people are grasping at straws. You know, they'll find something in a magazine that they want to try out or they're going back to, to a program that's worked for them before, like Weight Watchers or something like that. But if you're, if you're starting anew, so to speak, I think the first thing that you should do to get a grip on, on what, what you have been doing is to track your food for three days. So I know that sounds kind of like, oh, you know, tracking my food, blah, blah, blah. I've done that before. But there's a, a lot of great apps out there. I have a lot of my clients use MyFitnessPal. Yeah. It has a barcode scanner. It has a gigantic database. Um, and yeah, it's simple. You don't have to really change anything that you're eating now. I just want you to blog it because about 20 or, or most of the people that I come in contact with will overestimate what they're eating. Um, and so they're really not eating enough. Yeah. Um, or I have a good chunk of the population that I come in contact with who are vastly underestimating what they're eating, right? They think they're eating a lot less than they are. Those bites and licks and tastes in between meals really do add up over the course of the day. So if you're forced to log it, at least you can get some sight line on, oh, hey, I'm, I'm eating way more than I thought I was eating. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention too, is that you need two things in order to create sustainable weight loss right? You do need to eat a little less. You need to create a small calorie deficit, yep. not huge, right? But a small calorie deficit. And then you also need to balance your blood sugar. So it's more about what you're eating and the combinations of foods, right? And my fitness pal or a food tracker is also really good for that as well. You can see how much of your diet is coming in from carbs, proteins, and fats, and what time of day those foods are coming in. And that's really impactful and really powerful information. And you don't have to track for a month straight. Like I said, get three complete days, and then that'll give you some good sightline on what, what, where your biggest obstacles are and maybe where you should start. Love it. Love it. I think just to touch really quick on what you said about you know, the little licks and the little bites we'll have throughout the day, uh, for, for many of you listening, 
let's say maybe you are nibbling on some trail mix or, or some nuts, right? Things that you may perceive as healthy and you could have a handful. But if you have several handfuls throughout the day and mm-hmm. you just may think to yourself, oh, I just had like a little bite of that. That actually can add up to easily five to 700 calories um, for things that people may perceive as healthy, uh, but are actually really calorically dense. And so things like trailing, there's a lot of other items out there. That was just the first one that came to my head. Absolutely. That many perceive as like, like this is healthy. I could totally just like snack on this throughout the day. And it's an extra five to 700 calories before they know. And they wonder why they can't lose weight. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's about both the quantity and the quality of the sure. food that's coming in. Absolutely. And then the other thing I find really common is that um, people, uh, parents with children, yeah. right? They'll finish their kid's meal or <laughs> yeah, they'll... Yeah. Yeah, right. They'll have like whatever the kids are snacking on, they'll have a snack here and there. Yeah. And those are unconscious things sometimes, right? You're just popping the crust of the grilled cheese in your mouth and you like don't think twice about it. But that really does add up. That could eat away your calorie deficit that you've worked so hard for that you're exercising Definitely. for. And then add on top that just the maybe a couple glasses of wine or beer we have. Oh yeah. Like, I need to just relax now. It's been a long day. Yeah. And those that those alcohol calories are not just calories, right? We know they have a huge hormonal implication and a blood sugar implication that people don't really think about when they go to indulge in something like that. And that's going to be a whole nother podcast where we have you on. We can dive into so much uh, today, guys. Um, now, I mean, lastly, because she, she has started just actually training for a half marathon. So she got, to, she got to meet one of her training buddies up, who we have on very shortly for another episode. Um, but what would you say are the maybe common, one common or a couple common myths about dieting, and eating and food that you hear from a lot of people. I mean, you've seen hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of stories. Yeah. Um, the One of the most common, you and I were talking about this before, the most common myths that I hear is that in order to lose weight, you have to eat super clean. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, what does that mean? Right? Are you... Are you gonna, you know, do? Are you gonna eat dish soap? Like I don't know. Dish detergent, like window cleaner. Like I would eat really clean. Right, super clean. All joking aside, like I, I think it's very tragic that a lot of people take that point of view. Like if I only eat, you know, chicken breast and broccoli with no butter and sweet potato or tilapia and asparagus, like that real like bodybuilding type mindset. That's the only way that they're going to be able to lose weight. And, it, and it's really sad. I mean, we know, I know, and, and most of the people that I work with have, they have the knowledge now to know that it doesn't have to be 100% clean. You can still, you know, eat at a calorie deficit and control your blood sugar by eating clean or making smart choices 80% of the time. Like not to say that you're going to take that 20% and really go you know, super indulgent and eating lots of fatty caloric foods because you can easily eat all the exercise that you've done all week on the weekend, right? So you can't treat your 20% like a, like a free for all, but you can treat your 20% like, um, indulgences that are foods that you really, really enjoy and they help to keep you really satisfied. So that 20% is what I consider preemptive eating. So you're going to fit in those indulgent foods all throughout your week. You're not going to save them all for Saturday or Sunday, right? You're going to take that 20% of the time where you're not eating super clean and you're going to spread it all throughout your week so that it helps you stay on track even through your weekend, right? I I always tell my clients, if you know that you're, if you're, if you're eating exactly the way the same on Saturday as you are on Monday, you're crushing it. 
right? You've got it. That's an eating style that works for you because you get to your weekend and you don't feel like you need to overindulge. You don't need to go, you know, balls to the wall with your cheat meal because you've been having little cheats, essentially, quote unquote, I don't like the word cheat, but little indulgences all throughout your week that really help you stay on track. So 80-20 is what I'm always trying to get my clients to do. Um, and not this hundred percent all or nothing type mindset, because we know that that's not sustainable. It's going to give them, it's going to lead them back into that yo-yo dieting, binge restrict lifestyle. So, I I mean, I've heard so much, you guys probably have too. Salad grilled chicken, salad grilled chicken, salad grilled chicken, salad grilled chicken. Weekend comes, beer, pizza, tacos, like going to go out for a party, going to go have a bunch of like margaritas. We're going to go out like just like bread, cheese everywhere. Right. Because not you, even twenty, not even all twenty-four, like forty-eight hours, like at a time, and then come back the next Monday and be like, and you're starting all over, yeah, yeah, starting all over every Monday. So if you fit in a little bit of cheese, right, or tacos on a Thursday night, but maybe you do the tacos and you leave out the margarita, right? You're yeah. you're you're finding a nutrition and eating style that is very satisfying for you, but is probably more clean than you were doing before, I guess, quote unquote clean, um, and you're able to lose weight without going a hundred percent and then totally off the wagon. So that's definitely a very common misconception is like, I've got to eat so, so, so clean in order to lose any weight at all. I'm like, you're just not doing it right. Right. And then how many times have we heard people be like, I've been eating clean, but I'm just not seeing results. Right. Because you end up overindulging on the weekend and you're eating all of your exercise. So ultimately those people work really, really hard during the week. They overindulge all weekend and they're working extremely hard to just stay exactly the same, right? It sucks. It's very frustrating. So if we could do anything but just get that message across, like 80-20, 80-20, that's what it should be. Wow. Thank you so much for dropping your knowledge on this, (laughs) Marissa. We we taking us to church. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having Um, me. Of course. I mean, do you have anything you want to say to anybody listening? Um, something for yourself or just shout out to anyone. Uh, well, if you're interested, you can follow me on Instagram at (laughs) marsthertd.com. It's Mars, M-A-R-Z. Um, my, my name's Marissa, but people used to call me Mars for short. And, um, yeah, so I post up a lot of like tips or, or snacks, really like good snacks that I'm into. I post stuff on there, meal ideas. Um, and the other thing is I want to let everybody know that it's never too late to change your eating style right? There's always something to learn. We're always learning about nutrition. So like if you're feeling really defeated and you're not sure where to start, like reach out to someone like me or Chris or whatever, just seek, seek someone who has a little bit of knowledge and can teach you something so that you have a new direction to go in. Cause maybe that's all you need. Mic drop. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining us. Love to have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Apologies for the audio for this one. Definitely a work in progress for getting that straight, but hopefully you guys were able to understand a lot of the content that we had because I feel like this was a really great episode for all you to be able to take the information, to be able to go out there and act upon that. Again, if you guys need any help, hit us up on social, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Love you all. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast